Come on, shop. Well, it's time to record now. Yeah, Wonder Rob, I just can't wait to record now. We met on stage because we like to perform now. We're turtle bros and bashing all of our foes now. It's time to celebrate our energy. With new shows for you, the plastery of the week. Come on, shop. It's time to let our geeks speak. I hear you, Rob. My geeks speak has crazy tech. We both love Marvel. He loves DC. We're both big nerds since 83. Welcome to episode 23 of Geek So To Speak podcast. My name is Shoff, and with me on the line is Wonder Rob. It's your boy, Wonder Rob. (laughs) So uh, Wonder Rob and I have been doing this for quite some time. In fact, we're coming up uh, in the next, I think, two months, less than two months, we're going to be hitting a year. A year. Our, our first birthday, isn't that isn't that special? <laughs> it's funny. Coming up in like two months. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be here before you know it. Yeah, that's true. Before you know it. That's right. Our first birthday. It's pretty exciting. And we've got some fun things planned. What are, what are they? We don't even know yet, but we know that when we plan them, they're going to be fun. And they'll definitely be plans. That that is true. One thing's for sure, when we do celebrate, and just like every other episode, we are going to celebrate our inner geek. That little geek, well, I shouldn't say little, uh, you know, (laughs) average or beyond, uh, uh, you know, the the geek within us that that loves superheroes and and sci-fi and and video games and all sorts of stuff like that, right? That's right. Yeah, and my wife says mine is slightly above average. So, oh, we're good. Awesome. Yeah, you know, uh, that's uh, that's uh, nice. Thanks a lot for sharing that <laughs> tale. Um, so if you're just joining us and have never listened to Geek So To Speak podcast before, we do bi-weekly episodes. Uh, sometimes we take short breaks in between those bi-weekly episodes because of content or things going on in our world. Uh, for instance, Wonder Rob, you just had a pretty huge thing happen to uh to you that's right i went to disney world (laughs) oh and i got married right before that yeah yeah that's right yeah wonder rob was nice enough to invite uh myself and my girlfriend to uh to sunny california san diego uh to i said that backwards that's okay um the state of the state of San Diego in the city of California. Uh, it was it was actually the weather was interesting. It was, it was a little bit. Um, it was cool, which I loved because I'm normally here in Phoenix, Arizona, which sucks balls. Um, and uh, so the weather was cool, but it was really cloudy. It was very overcast most of the weekend. Yeah, we uh, we planned the wedding. Gosh, a year ago and. We were like, okay, San Diego in May, it's going to be all right. And the weather reports up until last week were like, hey, it's going to be sunny. It's going to be like 81 degrees. Perfect. And then the day 
were, before we leave to San Diego, it said, just kidding, it's going to be wet and rainy. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. Way to go. Who would schedule a wedding this weekend? Yeah. And, the, and due to the weather and a whole lot of other factors out of our control, we had to change our wedding venue last second. I won't bore everybody with this detail, but I will tell you that it ended up being beautiful. It was. It was a pretty awesome uh, ceremony. I thought it was very heartfelt. There were tears, mm-hmm. mostly from the wind in our faces. <laughs> <laughs> from everybody chopping onions. <laughs> from, the salt, was... from the salt water just hitting our eyeballs. Yeah. Um, no, it was, it was fantastic. It was really, really beautiful. Um, I was wearing a flamingo top. Uh, I didn't, I didn't let Wonder Rob know ahead of time that I was going to dress up, but, uh, uh, you know, while everyone else was wearing suits, I thought I'm going to be unique. What I really wanted to do, Wonder Rob, I'm going to tell you now because, uh, I was really trying, I was really gunning for finding like a Ninja Turtle printed, like patterned collared shirt. And then wear that underneath my suit, like as far as like, uh, it was like business and then uh-huh. total party, like right here. <laughs> um, but I couldn't, but the only, the only place that had this shirt was on eBay and it was some dude in Gilbert, Arizona. And he was unwilling to meet me. And he also said that there's no way I can, that he can, um, I could even go to him and pick it up. Which is like so weird. It reminded me of Forty uh, Year Old Virgin, where like that lady had the the eBay store, but oh, yeah. you couldn't actually buy anything at the store. Like you'd have to like go on eBay. He was adamant. He was like, "No, you can bid on it, and if you win, then I'll send it to you." I'm like, "I'm like 20 minutes from you. Is there any chance I can just pick this up? I will buy it now." I like, hit no. the buy it now. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "No, you're gonna have to go through the proper channels." I was like. You're gonna have to go through the fucking proper channels. Meet my foot in your ass. My God. Oh wow. So, so that didn't work out. But I, I the next best thing, you know, sh- came uh, came available, and uh, so I dressed with uh, flamingos on my shirt. I thought it was pretty darn sharp looking. I'll well, give you that. Thank you. That. Thank you. It was an un- unconventional choice, yet uh, yet satisfying nonetheless. <laughs> Sli- slimy. <laughs> yes, satisfying. <laughs> it was awesome though and the after party was fun too the the reception was held this really really cool wine bar uh that was underground it was oh, yeah. it was very fun very it fun. was a very very cool uh find by my wet my wife <laughs> <laughs> my wife yes she has not gotten tired of it yet but i'm sure she will so. eventually i mean hopefully not before she's tired of you so <laughs> <laughs> uh, this particular episode, uh, just like, well, just like all the others, but we'll get to the good stuff. Uh, we also have some geek culture news, something we like to do. We definitely want to keep you in the know with all the latest and greatest of uh, things happening in the world of geek culture. And that's really going as far as uh, movies, TV shows, uh, things that are streaming, new trailers, uh, video games, you name it, we're going to talk about it. Uh, but also, this episode specifically is geared towards Deadpool 2. Yeah! So we're going to bring you some maximum effort while talking about that. And then as well, another thing we want to t- touch on is uh, something called What You Playing? Hey Rob, what you playing? Oh, video games? 
Yeah. Not, not enough, though, because he just got back from his honeymoon. So he probably hasn't been playing that many video games lately. That's, that's okay. I play some on my phone, but those don't count. I'm not talking about those. <laughs> but uh, Wonder Rob, I know you have a, a PS4, and mm-hmm. so you've had some games that have been playing from that. I've got a, an Xbox One. Uh, we both have a Switch. And definitely there's been some games we've been playing lately. We wanted to talk about those, just kind of share what we've been enjoying. And also, I've been doing kind of some retro gaming, playing some stuff that's more of like backwards compatible games on Xbox One. So that's been a lot of fun. Very nice. So we'll talk about that. And uh, one other thing that we're going to do, this is, this is kind of fun. So Wonder Rob surprised me. Uh, there were circumstances, uh, everything kind of culminated into the, the ability and the privilege of getting to see Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> yes, my personal hero. <laughs> getting to see Weird Al in concert, uh, playing his lesser known songs, his original content. Um, and uh, this particular tour that was making its way through Mesa, Arizona is called, what is it called, Wonder Rob? Oh, it's called Weird Al's Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Ill-Advised Vanity Tour. <laughs> it's quite a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> but honestly, it was perfectly uh, perfectly named because that's exactly what it was. It was, <laughs> it was all the songs that... Um, if you are a Weird Al fan, but not like a super fan, you probably haven't even heard this stuff. Um, because I thought I was a Weird Al fan, but I had, I mean, I didn't know it, hardly any of this stuff. And it, <laughs> But thankfully, I had like a week or so to prep. And so I listened to a bunch of original songs and, and got familiarized with it. And it was, it was a blast. Even though I didn't know some of the stuff and I couldn't necessarily sing along, it did not stop my enjoyment factor one bit. Because... Something else happened after the concert, and I don't want to give everything away right now, but we're going to talk a little bit about that later on in the episode. But something else happened. It was pretty epic, and we're going to talk about that too. But yes. when, So because we want to pay some tribute to the wonderful Weird Al, we thought we would do 60 Seconds of Weird. What exactly is 60 Seconds of Weird? Well, 60 Seconds of Weird is 60 individual seconds of weird in a row, but <laughs> it's going to be sporadic through the episode when the alarm dings. That's right. Weird Al rings. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. So, so every 15 minutes, we're going to treat you to 60 seconds of Weird Al. So I'm going to start the clock right now. Oh, yes. And it's going to be selections, selections from the songs he serenaded us with from his ridiculously self-indulgent, ill-advised vanity tour. Yeah, this is like l- legit from his set list from the night that we saw. And he changed his set list up pretty much every single night. So that was, uh, that's pretty exciting. Um, and, and of course, we're going to close out uh, every episode the way we do and the way you guys all look forward to. And that's with a mini mystery unboxing. Uh, this time around, because of Deadpool, Wonder Rob was able to scoop up some Deadpool ones. Yeah. So uh, we're going to get to open up some of those. So that's pretty exciting. And then um, uh, we also wanted to share a brief bit about our social media. Wonder Rob, what you got? Well, did you guys know we're on social media? Yes, it's true. You can (laughs) find us on Twitter at GeekSoToSpeakPC. That's GeekSoToSpeakPC. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook, GeekSoToSpeakPodcast. That's GeekSoToSpeakPodcast. Facebook, we update it. Every day, several times, with all the geek news that you're going to want to know, plus our personal insights on things and everything else that we find worthy of being shared. And same on Instagram. 
You can go to our website, geeksotospeak.com, for more info. If you're just looking for a backlog of all our episodes, that's there too. And of course, you can follow us individually on social media. You can follow The Shop on Twitter and on Instagram at I am the Shop. I A M T H E S H O F F. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Wonder Rob, W O N D E R R O B. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Wonder Rob, for sharing all of that. Please, please follow us. We've always got some good content. Wonder Rob handles a lot of the uh, Facebook stuff, and he, man, he does a, a bang-up job. Seriously, I could never do what Wonder Rob does on Facebook. He kicks serious ass. Yep. <laughs> so if you're not following us on Facebook, you're missing out on regular geek news all the time. Uh, whenever stuff that we can't always cover, just because we only do episodes bi-weekly, we're, we're covering it still, and you, you don't want to miss out on that kind of stuff. That's right. That's right. So um, let's go ahead and uh, kick off some of that geek news. Geek news, news, news. One of these days we'll get a real bumper made <laughs> for, for the geek news section. But not today, friends. Today, <laughs> I'm going to kick off geek news with a story near and dear to my heart. Is that Bullseye. Yes, Bullseye is coming to Daredevil Season 3. And he will be played by Wilson Bethel. All right. Now. We'll <laughs> you mean it's not going to be Colin Farrell? Oh, he's well. reprising his, his role? You know, I, I going in the way back machine here for when the Daredevil movie came out. The movie is not good. I'm just going to tell you that right now. <laughs> Flat out, it is a not good movie. But I didn't mind him. I didn't mind my man as Daredevil. I mean, not Daredevil. God, I'm still thinking about it. As Bullseye in, in the Daredevil movie. Did you, what did you think of him? I thought he was all right. Well, I, I think the reason why he was all right, why we were okay with it, was because he was just so over the top. Like, mm -hmm. he kind of, he was so engaging and charming in the sense of just his presentation. It was like, oh, right, like, we're going to do this, like this, right, like this. And it was... And he just had that cool accent and who doesn't like a character that has like extreme accuracy and can turn pretty much anything into a weapon. I thought that was just a cool dynamic. Definitely the kind of assassin that, that you'd like to see Daredevil face off against. So for like a choice of who they're going to have for, for baddies, I'm so excited for, for uh, uh, bullseye to be, to be shown. Yes. So, what we know about Daredevil season three is that it's going to be inspired by Frank Miller's 1980 run of Born Again. We know all our favorites are returning to touch on what you said. My main man, Vincent D'Onofrio, is going to be back as the kingpin, Wilson Fisk, which I have been, I have stood on my pedestal and my soapbox on the show a million times saying Vincent D'Onofrio is one of the best Marvel MC villains out there. His portrayal. And I would just, I would love, and even though this will never happen, and I know this, but <laughs> I'm getting upset just thinking about it. <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin will never, ever, ever interact with Spider-Man, even though I would love to see grimdark, super serious Wilson Fisk just being annoyed by 
the new MCU Homecoming Spider-Man because I think it would be perfect. It would be absolutely perfect. But that, that's a whole other subject. Uh, Marvel. Would, uh, that would be pretty amazing. We'll say Marvel, we're, also gonna my get, fan fiction. we're also going to get uh, somebody else new uh, to the Daredevil story, but definitely not new to the the Born Again storyline. Um, this is Daredevil's mom. Oh, his mummy. Sister Maggie. Sister Maggie. Oh, gosh. I think it's um, Joanne Wally from Gossip Girl. Uh, not that I've seen that, but uh, I'm married now. Okay, I know all about the other things. Uh, toxic masculinity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, uh, my wife taught me that phrase. Anyways, <laughs> um, but yes, she will be uh, taking the part of uh, Daredevil's mummy. Um, but uh, we're getting back to the main meat of the story here. So it's been reported that my man Bullseye is coming to season three, just like I said at the beginning, played by one Wilson Bethel who uh, was in Heart of Dixie, something that I've never seen. Uh, but looking at this guy's face, I'm looking at it right now. He looks like a smug asshole. So I think he'd be good at it. <laughs> yeah, I think he'd be good. He just put like a little bullseye scar on his forehead, just like they did in the movie. And I think it's going to be good. I just really like bullseye. Like I just like his power, his quote power is that you can just hit hit whatever he wants with whatever object he wants and that the devil is is the only one who can sort of get around it like what's uh what's what's the guy's name in uh oh shoot suicide squad will smith um deadshot deadshot it's the it's deadshot but cool that's what that's what he is it's deadshot but white <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> Send your letters to geeksotospeak at gmail.com. Attention, Shoff. No, <laughs> uh, no, that's exciting, though. I am pretty excited. Now, they haven't said whether or not this bullseye is going to be the Lester or Benjamin Point Dexter version, mm-hmm. or if he's going to be an alternate version uh, during the Punisher Max run. Uh, mm-hmm. The creator uh, had reimagined Bullseye as Sheldon Pendergrass, who's also a highly skilled marksman. He's deadly hand to hand in combat. So yeah, either way, it sounds like it's going to be pretty badass. I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. If it's Sheldon Pendergrass, this highly skilled marksman that you mentioned, who's deadly in hand to hand combat, just like, can you imagine Sheldon Pendergrass like marksman, hand to hand combat, close up on Sheldon. Bazinga, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> you know what? You know what else is interesting about this is early on when they were kind of talking about the development of this season, uh, the character's name, who we've now learned is going to be Bullseye, had a character name of Steve, mm-hmm. and he was described as an awkward FBI agent that needed the structure of the bureau to keep the darkness inside him subdued. So we might see like kind of like two sides of Bullseye, whereas. In the in the OG movie with with uh, Batfleck, uh, it was really just he was just a over the top villain the whole time. Like here was no, there was no like redeeming quality. He didn't have another side. He was very two dimensional, but great nonetheless. Yeah, I'll agree with everything that you just said. All those words, I agree. I like that. I like that. I like when he agrees. It's so much easier. It's so much easier. <laughs> there you go, pal. But yes, we can look forward to. Daredevil Season 3 coming soon, The Return of Fisk, and the addition 
of Bullseye. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So while we're talking about some Marvel stuff, what do you say we continue down the Marvel path? Okay. I mean, that sounds good. Everybody knows that I love Marvel. Heck yeah, we talk about Marvel all day, every day. That's how we do. And then we, if we have like time left, occasionally we'll uh, we'll throw up some DC. You know. Okay. Oh man. Um, so uh, interestingly enough, the Russo brothers. This is after uh, Infinity War came out. By the way, potential spoilers abound. For those who haven't seen Infinity War, go fuck yourselves. Um, but oh man, harsh. <laughs> but that was hard. No, it's true though. Come on, Infinity War has been out long enough. Both of us have together. Wonder Rob and I have seen the movie collectively or cumulatively eight times. That's true. Eight That's times. true. So if you haven't seen it once yet, what are you doing with your time and your life? Because clearly, it's not of value. So, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. But anyways, um, I'm going to be spoiling some stuff here. So just, I gave you the warning. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, interestingly enough, the, uh, I thought I loaded this, but I guess I did. Oh, he's not, he's not ready to spoil it. Oh, shoot. I didn't load it. Okay. All right. Well, here, let's, uh, let me Go ahead and move forward on this while, while you load it up. The Russo brothers revealed the fates of which Marvel characters who were not on screen in Infinity War passed away or got dusted, uh, including a possible surprise. Ooh. That's, that's the story. So let's dive into it, shall we? So we, uh, we learned that Korg and Meek are not part of the death pile in the movie, first of all. That's uh, that was my biggest my biggest concern was where is Korg? Absolutely. N- number one, when I didn't see him in the scene, I was like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Where is he? What happened? Did his that part of the shit get blown up? And according to the Russo brothers, their fate, Korg and Meek, is marked as too spoilery. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they survived the snap, but it does mean that they didn't bite it in the early moments of Infinity War. That's true. And then, and just in case you don't know who Korg and Meek are, they were the two best characters that were not Thor and Loki and Hulk <laughs> in Thor Ragnarok. Uh, where's my Korg sequel? That's all I want. Seriously. Korg spinoff. Um, it also pointed out that Spider-Man's best friend, Ned, and Shuri from Black Panther are also both spoilers for Avengers 4. Oh, interesting. So they're probably alive. It would be interesting if, the, if they do save Ned in the long run, but he comes back and he's like the Hobgoblin version of Ned. I mean, basically like lost the fun version of Ned. <laughs> He's a, he's not the man in the chair anymore. He's no, yeah, he's the not. Man. He's the man in the flying chair. <laughs> yeah, there um, you go. So uh, as well, as well, Thor's girlfriend, Jane Foster, they did not want to reveal whether or not she's okay. Oh, Portman, 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 Portman. I like me Portman. Yes. <laughs> now, here's they did say, though, that some characters did get dusted. So uh, characters like Lady Sif. Now... I feel so freaking bad for Lady Sif. She <laughs> has gotten the Sif end of the stick uh, because she gets totally forgotten about in Ragnarok. 
Mm-hmm. She's not even mentioned. She's not even on Asgard for some reason. No, nothing explained. And then in Infinity War, when the fate of Asgard and everything else and this or that, things blow up. We don't even know if she survived Asgard there. But then Infinity War happens. We still don't see her. And then all we get is this little footnote after the fact in an interview saying, yep, she uh, she disappeared after the snap. It's so bad. It's such a shame. <laughs> she, she'll never be back. She'll never be back. Uh, my favorite from the list was the actor who played Loki in Thor Ragnarok also died. (laughs) (laughs) They felt just the need to point out that this joke, (laughs) this one character in the one joke. Yeah, he He died too. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. (laughs) Uh, And they also said that uh, Bruce Banner's old beau, Betty Ross, got dusted. This is true. Uh, They did say, as far as characters... That um, that did survive. That they know that they they, knew they survived. Howard the Duck uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy one oh, and two. Thank uh, God, still okay. Aunt May is is okay. She survived, and they did also mention that uh, Nakia from uh, Black Panther. Mm-hmm. She was actually doing an outreach at the time of Infinity War, so she wasn't part of all of that battle, but she is safe. Oh, how convenient. She just wasn't in Wakanda. Yeah, she was on missions. And then, of course, we still have Hawkeye, Wasp, Ant-Man that were potentially um, out doing stuff. Or maybe they were on house arrest or God knows what. But um, Hawkeye was probably... Oh, did you hear that? I heard that. What is that? That means it's time for 60 seconds of weird. All right, let's hit it. A special report about some devastating earthquake in Peru. There were 30,000 crushed to death, even more were buried alive. On the Richter scale, it measured 8.2. And I said, God, please answer me one question. That was that was quite, quite weird, wasn't it? Oh, <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> I loved it. That was the fantastic. I mean, we should do that again, maybe 15 minutes from now. Let's okay. let's okay, cool. Deal. Sweet. All right. So that's a that's just a little bit of something. So if you had some questions about who lived, who died, and who wasn't on screen, but who might have still lived, that's your answer right there. So the Russo brothers helped us out. They allowed us to get some sleep by finally knowing some of that information. Thanks, Russo brothers. We appreciate it. Now, the other news, and this this is news as of freaking today. Oh, hot off the presses, up to date. We were going to record yesterday, and we decided not to. And thankfully, we didn't, because we would have missed out on this juicy bit 
of MCU news. All right, um, I'm gonna start this one, Rob, but I don't want I don't want to take any of this away from you because I know the Spider-Man fan that you are, and I don't want to I, I just I don't want to own this. I want you to have a, a taste of this for yourself. So okay, okay. Just I'm, I'm only gonna say half of this news, and you can say the other half. All right. Okay, that sounds good. That sounds good. That's all right. Good. So, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the lesser half because that's how much you mean to me. Aww. So the lesser half of this news related to Spider-Man, both of this bit of news, by the way, is all about Spider-Man. The sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming, which is going to take place, they said, I think the movie technically is uh, set, the setting of it is like minutes after the end of Avengers 4. So that's going to be a very interesting starting point. So we'll see what that means uh, a year from now. But uh, in the Homecoming sequel, there's going to be a returning Spider-Man villain by the name of the Vulture. Oh, That's right. Adrian Toomes is back. Michael Keaton will be reprising his role as the Vulture in the Spider-Man Homecoming sequel. And I, for one, am so excited. Yes. Now, this marks a first in Spider-Man movies. I would would go so far to say... uh, in Raimi's Spider-Man and in Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2, where you saw a villain come back within the Spider-Man universe. Right. Now, that I'm... And not like... I'm not talking about uh, like in Spider-Man 2 and in Spider-Man 3 when Willem Dafoe is like, her heart, first you kill his heart in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, nothing like that. That doesn't count. Like, where it's an apparition. No, uh, where a main character villain is coming back, and it's perfect because a, it's Michael Keaton, and why would you not want Michael Keaton back? He was so good in that movie, and he he's an Oscar winner. Uh, he's Michael Keaton, and he's the freaking Batman, and his face is weird. Like, why wouldn't you bring him back? So I'm I'm very very thrilled about this. Um, plus. Plus, <laughs> plus, still staying on the Michael Keaton part here, even though at first I didn't think this was a good idea, but now I think it's a good idea if they can do it right, is that maybe they're going to be leaning into that sinister six. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, we've already got the beginnings of Scorpion in the form of Mac Gargan. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that will be interesting to see. Uh, if that takes shape, if he gets like a, a bionic like tail thing or whatever, mm-hmm. um, obviously they, they know each other in prison. So uh, there's, that's a unique development. I wonder how much Michael Keaton will play in this sequel. If he's more of a cameo or if he has more to do, or if maybe he'd be, he sort of acts as a mentor to, to, to Spider-Man. Maybe that would be kind of an interesting take. So I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember how I tried to kill you in that last movie? Take you under my wing. Hmm, I mean, he you. he could have spoiled Spider-Man's identity, but he didn't. He's like, you still fucking my daughter? <laughs> I guess I'm your father-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be real. All right, uh, Peter's going to be going for MJ in this this sequel. I mean, he's got to. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's Zendaya and Zendaya's hot, so yeah. I mean, she wasn't right. wasn't hot in Spider Man Homecoming, but did you see her in Greatest Showman? 
Holy shit. <laughs> wow. All right. Getting a little a little insight on Shaf's taste. <laughs> Okie dokie. Gonna need a cold shower. Cold. Oh boy. Well, let's move on. <laughs> what other news in Spider-Man Homecoming news? All right. Now this is the big juicy piece of news for Spider-Man Homecoming is that Spider-Man, and this is rumored, okay? None of this has been confirmed in any sort of press release, but these are big rumors that came out of the woodwork and multiple news outlets is that Spider-Man Homecoming 2's main villain is gonna be one that I've wanted to see for a while, Mysterio. Now, the on top of that is that there is a, a-list actor in talks to play Mysterio, and that would be Mr. Jake Gyllenhaal for Mysterio. Now, how, how do you feel about Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio? Dude, um, I love myself some Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he's an excellent actor. Everything I've seen him in, he's been awesome. Donnie Darko's one of my favorite movies. Um, I did not see Brokeback Mountain, but... Um, I'm sure if I did, I'd be saying something like, I can't quit you or something. <laughs> but I saw Nightcrawler and he was fucking creepy, awesome in Nightcrawler. So, and that was like truly evident of like a guy who's sort of, he's sort of the protagonist, but he's also the antagonist. Very interesting. And um, Mysterio is kind of a unique character in terms of the type of villain that he is. And so I, I really feel like if anybody could do that sort of offbeat, um, not supernatural, but sort of semi-supernatural. I think Jake Gyllenhaal could make it happen. Yeah, and I was when I read Jake Gyllenhaal, I was like, okay, Mysterio. I I thought back to one movie of his, and I was like, oh yeah, I could see him being Mysterio. That movie is Bubble Boy because. <laughs> <laughs> He was in a bubble the whole yeah, time. And Mysterio's God. head is a bubble. Freaking so, foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I was really kind of indifferent when I read that it was going to be Jake Gyllenhaal. I was like, oh, okay, all right. Because, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm the Gyllenhaal uh, fan that you are, but I don't dislike him, per se. Um, there was uh, a rumor or a story a long, long time ago back when the Spider-Man movies, the original Raimi movies were out, where uh, Tobey Maguire had hurt himself in between movies and possibly wasn't going to be able to reprise the role, and Jake Gyllenhaal was in talks to pick up the role of Peter Parker back then, um, which I thought would have been all right, because I thought at the time they looked identical. Um, all white people look the same to me. So... <laughs> 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 how progressive uh, of you <laughs> but i mean aside from that i know i'm in the minority here and i get it i donnie darko wasn't exactly my favorite movie but i know a lot of people loved it as a matter of fact not to go on a too too much of a donnie darko tangent here <laughs> but way back uh in like the uh, gosh 2004 2005 six era i was going out with this girl and she loved Donnie Darko, loved it. And so she's like, you got to watch it. I got the DVD. And so I, we came, I, uh, she came over to my house. We put it in. I watched it. And I was like, it's okay. Yeah, it was all right. And keep in mind, this is her favorite movie <laughs> of all time. 
And I was like, yeah, it was all right. And she was like, you're just not smart enough to get it. Uh, oh. Uh, and she just sort of went down that route. And I was like, oh, oh okay, bitch. <laughs> okay, bitch. <laughs> and uh, I didn't really say that out loud. But that's what I thought. And then I was like, oh, I'm not smart enough, huh? I showed her. I dated her for like two more years. And then I dumped her. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. Showed that. You showed her. <laughs> April. That was her name, April. Okay. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah. Was like, yeah, okay. April. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's her. That's what she goes by on uh, Instagram. So <laughs> you can look her up and tell her that Donnie Darko sucks and tell her her ex-boyfriend Rob told you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That'll, look that'll at that. Cool. We went down that road. <laughs> um, so, so here's the thing. If she didn't show you the Donnie Darko director's cut, then she didn't show you shit. Okay, I don't remember which cut it was. I just, I just was. I, I it probably would have been again not to talk about Donnie Tarka the whole time. But <laughs> all she did was hype it like best movie of all time, and so it was like Hamilton. Now I walked in, I was <laughs> expecting to see the best thing ever, and I walked out going, all right. And a lot of people get mad for both, so <laughs> that's how it is. Rob, we, we don't fault you for having finer tastes. All right, that's just uh, that's just the kind of person you are. That's right, the Finer Things Club, <laughs> <laughs> one and only member. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I'm pretty excited now. Wonder Rob, I'm going to ask you for a little bit of information because you know more about the Spider-Man uh, heroes and villains than I do. Um, Mysterio is a character, and I think there's plenty of fans who maybe don't know that much about Mysterio, so I thought it might be a, a good idea. Can you shine some light a little bit on Mysterio's abilities? Because he doesn't truly have powers, at least not the most famous version, Quentin Beck. Yeah. Uh, so can you kind of go into a little bit more detail on Mysterio? So Mysterio, you're right. He doesn't really have much powers. Of course, we can't really say what uh, – the MCU version of him's going to be, but he's he's mostly a, a huckster, a trickster, if you will. Uh, he he he's good at the art of the ruse. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> no, he's a uh, he, think think of him like a glorified magician, uh, children's magician uh, with a dome on his head, uh, who can do like uh, more more than just sleight of hand, but like. Uh, uh, I, the, the word is, I'm losing the word, but trickery. He's like visual trickery. Uh, He's like he a special face. effects like technician. That's right? it, special effects. That's yeah. what, I just couldn't think of the word. But yeah, he's he's like a movie magic sort of guy, but uh, best in the biz. And he uses his such skills to trick people, including Spider-Man, into thinking he's got all these mystical powers, but really he's just using special effects. Ooh. Now I was reading up on him. Uh, earlier today and i didn't know this but i guess he also wears the globe on his head to protect him from the gases that he sort of uh sort of puts out to sort of uh disguise the things that he's doing also he's got some gases that he has specifically engineered to sort of negate uh the spidey sense of spider-man so like it'll like turn off his ability to like pre predict like what's going to happen so that would be kind of interesting like he like if, if Peter Parker just recently, as we saw in Infinity War, sort of has that actualization of Spidey sense and we get to see it, if Quentin Beck has this ability to sort of work against that, that'd be kind of interesting. It sort of takes the, the instinct out of the equation and makes Spider-Man more vulnerable for sure. That's true. And like I said, he's a, he's a trickster on the stage. And I can tell you from experience, 
Shaf and I have been on stage where we wish we had domes on our head where there was gas. <laughs> I'll tell that you that. That is true. That is right now. Yep. Yes. Yep. So he's smart. He's a smart guy. Yep. He's very smart. Very, very smart. So, okay. So, yeah. So, Mysterio, I really hope that happens because just as you said, it could be leading towards a Sinister Six situation. Yeah. So, I think he, he would be a very interesting character to see on screen. Like, there'd be a lot of cool possibilities to watch him just fuck around with Spider-Man <laughs> that I would like to see, especially teenage, naive Spider-Man like we've been getting. Like, I just think it would be pretty good. Now, the only concern I have right now is if Mysterio is not the main villain, like what if he's just another sort of lesser villain, then we have Vulture, Mysterio, and then potentially another character that might be like the big bad. Maybe Craven does finally make an appearance. Oh man, I would love Craven the Hunter. Yeah. I would love it. I would love it. And I just would worry about what all these Spider-Man movies of the past get in trouble with. And that's having too many villains on screen at the same time. So, uh, so we'll see. I, th- I thought Homecoming handled it all right. I mean, you had three villains, four villains technically in Homecoming. Yeah, uh, you're right, actually. Yeah, you're right. I apologize. You are absolutely right. Yeah, Tinkerer, Shocker, uh, Vulture, and... Scorpion. And Scorpion. And a, and Prowler sort of made an, a quote-unquote uh, uh, cameo as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like I think if it's done in that similar fashion... I think it's okay. Like, I think I do agree where oversaturation of bad guys is not necessarily a good thing, but if it's balanced in such a way like homecoming, I think, I think it'll be okay. And they did it once before. So I'm going to be my favorite catchphrase of the show. Cautiously optimistic about (laughs) (laughs) what they produce in homecoming too. I love it. I love it. I'm excited for it. Very, very excited for it. Now, uh, Wonder Rob, we got one more bit of news I know you wanted to share, and this is not Marvel-related at all. Yes. Now, uh, uh, for you guys at home, this might be the first oh, time... I got to interrupt you there. Oh, what is that weird sound? Oh, it's time for 60 more seconds of weird... All right, that was yes. that was just as weird as the last bit of weird, if not weirder. I and right. I definitely know what song we just played, and we're not putting it in post, so that was super weird. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can say that for a fact. So let's move on to the next news topic. Now, like I was saying before, I was so weirdly interrupted. The fact that I'm reporting on this is might be a very first in 
the geek so to speak history i'm reporting on some dc news <laughs> now as uh it's made clear in the D- the theme song uh dc it's not my favorite now don't get me wrong i don't dislike it i've just i've I remember the things that they put out, which other people seem to forget. And so I'm just going to leave it at that. But switching over to the the world of comics and DC, DC is doing some crossover comics uh, with a lot of their popular Batman characters, uh, Harley Quinn, Catwoman, the Joker, and uh, Lex Luthor, even though we all know he's not a Batman character. Now, Crossover one-shots, as it were. So single-issue stories, about 45 pages long, each one. Now, they've done these stories in the past, but I don't know if you're familiar, Shaf. Now, tell me, who, speaking of weird, who would be weird to pair up DC's popular characters? Hmm. Hmm. I mean, like, someone that we don't already have set up to be seen on the the comic page like somebody uh, that is not part of that yeah yeah hmm, that's a good question so uh let's see a looney tunes character mixed with a dc character so looney tunes looney tunes i i would want to see yosemite sam mm-hmm. with deadshot Yes! Oh, before we move forward, I can't remember if I actually said this or not, but <laughs> it's Looney Tunes being crossed over with DC. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I spoiled that. <laughs> it's okay. That's all right. Yeah, they saw it in the show notes, but we'll get back to touch on what you did in just a sec. But uh, Looney Tunes and DC crossover event is what's happening. So we're getting uh, some crossover stories. Now, uh, just real quick, DC has done this in the past where they did uh, Batman crossover comic with Elmer Fudd, for example, but they're taking it a bit further. We're getting a crossover story, Catwoman meets Sylvester and Tweety. Ooh, and and I'm gonna give you just a little taste. In his relentless pursuit of Tweety, Sylvester suddenly finds himself with a new human ally, Catwoman. Tweety then realizes that he's going to need some help, too, and recruits a superhero of his own, Black Canary. It isn't long before the scale of conflict begins to get out of control, and suddenly there's the full-scale war between cats and birds that threatens to take over all of Gotham. Wow. (laughs) What do you think of that? It's got everything. (laughs) It's got everything you could possibly need. Or, or get this, let's have a, a Harley Quinn Gossamer crossover no <laughs> that's that's a very unique ca- looney tunes character that probably not a lot of people remember but gossamer was the big orange monster guy whose head looked like a butt <laughs> he was actually always my favorite like whenever they did like the looney tunes stuff but it was I, I i don't know it just it always like stood out to me i was like what is that thing i'm not sure but i find him intriguing he's an interesting character but let me let me give you the rundown on this harley quinn gossamer rundown A violent storm leaves a large crate washed up on the beach at Coney Island. When Harley breaks it open to see what's inside, she suddenly has a new playmate to add to her cast of friends, a large, furry, orange beast called Gossamer. It's all fun and games until a giant robot attacks them. But who sent it? Harley immediately suspects only one man. But is it really the Joker behind all this destructive rampage? First of all, is Coney Island... 
in the DC universe. They got nothing but fake cities, but they still have Coney Island. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that is true. All right. And I'm going to give you one more taste. The Joker and Daffy Duck. Ooh, when Daffy Duck pays a call to the Acme corporate headquarters in Gotham City, he finds the company long gone and their abandoned building now occupied by the Joker with a hidden progress. Daffy tries to sneak away only to find himself in the clutches of the clown prince of crime. But Joker decides that there's some potential in this manic bird and forces Daffy to join his gang. Will he find a way to escape? Or will he become the Joker's new right hand? Duck. <laughs> it's everything I never knew I wanted and didn't really want. <laughs> yeah, and they got another one. Uh, Porky Pig meets Lex Luthor. Now, the thing that kills me about these crossovers, with with the exception of Gossamer, the the art on these is done as as if it was a realistic character. So, uh, Tweety Bird and Sylvester are portrayed as actual cat and bird rather than their cartoon likenesses that we yes. both didn't know and love. Daffy Duck, it looks a lot more like Howard the Duck, uh, but just a little taller and thinner. Um, and Porky Pig is a weird pig man <laughs> with a really gross face. Uh, imagine a man, but he was a pig man. That's what he looks like. Um, so Ima- Im- imagine our president. There we go. Oh, <laughs> geek, so to speak, at gmail.com. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but um, these are some DC comics that I wouldn't be opposed to reading, uh, especially the Joker and the Daffy one. That just sounds silly. So I'm ready, I'm ready for it. Uh, of all of them, I think the one that looks the most intriguing is the Porky Pig one, just because he looks the creepiest. Of all of them, he looks the absolute, like, the stuff of nightmares is what he looks like. And That's Lex true. Luthor has this, like, really interesting plaid suit on. And it, I don't know, there's something about it. It's sort of like a Sweeney Todd element going on. It's very, very cool. That's right. Well, here, let me, let me I mean, we talked about all of them already. Let me give you the Porky Pig Lex Luthor rundown. <clears throat> here we go. Facing financial and personal ruin, a desperate Porky Pig applies for and gets an entry-level position with LexCorp. Grateful to his new benefactor, benefactor. Oh my God, Porky becomes Luther's most loyal employee and defender. But when a major scandal breaks in the news and Lex is called before a congressional committee, guess who's about to be offered up as a sacrificial? Good. Uh, it was worth just reading. I think I'd be good at like uh I know Schaff. For those of you who follow Schaff on uh social media, you know he's doing his voiceover, uh his voiceover career. I think I'd be good at, at the those little things, but like in trailers, like facing financial and personal ruin. <laughs> Porky pig applies for and gets an entry-level position with LexCorp. Like I think I'd be good at that. You would. You would definitely be good at that. You know, I just, uh, it's funny you mentioned the whole voiceover thing. I just had a voice acting workshop over the weekend. Ooh. So while, while you were finishing up your honeymoon, I was, I was uh, also experiencing my own form of entertainment, which was to get onto this really cool webinar uh, mm-hmm. with like seven other dudes. Uh, and we were all um, getting special training 
uh, from this guy, uh, Crispin Freeman. And I'm not sure if our listeners know who Crispin Freeman is, but he is a super famous voice actor who has done countless voices for countless anime movies and TV shows, uh, as well as uh, other superhero shows. Like he's done a lot of DC stuff for um, uh, Red Arrow, um, Arsenal, that character. Um, He's done a lot of stuff for, uh, he's played Superman before. He has provided the voice for Iron Man in the Marvel Ultimate Alliance uh, 2 video game. Uh, He's done so much stuff and that's just scratching the surface, but He's a brilliant guy. He's got a lot of insight, and he was mentoring us uh, over the weekend. So it was really fun to kind of get some uh, some critiquing of our work. And so I got to I got to do some voiceover work of uh, the character of Max from it's uh, from a Goofy movie. Ooh. So that was fun. Uh, and then um, I also got to do uh, Hero from Big Hero Six. All right. All now, right. Now I had never seen Big Hero Six, but um, and honestly, I'd only seen parts of Goofy movies, so I felt a little bit in the dark. But to be honest, that worked what? out for me. Yeah, it worked out really well because a voice actor should, doesn't normally get to see the material before it before he provides the voices for it. So mm-hmm. the voices usually come during the production process before the, the character might even be, have been drawn. So uh, it was interesting to kind of come at it from that angle and sort of create it as I went along. And then I, after the fact, I I went on to like YouTube and I looked up the scenes and I did sort of like check to see how I did it against the voice actor who did it. So it was fun. It was really cool. Nice. Nice. It's just positive proof that you are not just a goof. I love it. I love it. I love it. Perfect. Uh, let's see where are we at here. Um, so yeah, with that in mind, let's see where are we at on the. Ooh, I think I think we're ready for a commercial break. All right. So who are we who are we pumping and pimping this week? <laughs> so uh, this uh, just like the last episode, we were talking about the rundown with Stu Jetson. So Stu was kind enough to send us a new promo for himself. Uh, so in his podcast, so I wanted to make sure that we we uh, displayed that prominently. So we're going to play his promo uh, for the rundown with Stu Jetson, which is going to uh, be a great source of information for all things entertainment. Uh, it talks a lot about TV shows that are on and not just geek stuff. So it's a lot, pretty much everything, all the binge worthy things. Um, there's also a section on sports. If you like sports, uh, which, um, you know, we don't, but we, <laughs> we, uh, we definitely support other people who like sports. Um, and yeah, then, go for it. If you like sports, shoot. Yeah. Like, you know, like what you like. That's the thing. You know, everybody's a geek for different things. That's how I think. So, uh, and then as well, there's also a section on local events, things happening in Phoenix and nearby cities. So if you happen to live locally, you definitely want to tune into the rundown because he's always got great interviews with people who are doing fun stuff around the city. So we will be right back after these words from the rundown with Stu Jetson. Hey, podcast lovers. Do you want to be more in the know about movies, television, and sports? Are you too busy to stay up to date on who won the big game, what comes out this weekend, and what show should I binge watch? Well, I've got you covered. Check out The Rundown with Stu Jetson for a high-level weekly recap and preview of all you need to know to stay in the conversation. A bonus for Arizona listeners, all the local events that need to be on your radar. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you podcast. To be more in the know, The Rundown with Stu Jetson. 
All right, gang, we are back. Thank you to Mitsu. <laughs> uh, uh, this would have been so good if I knew what I was going to say, <laughs> but no cuts. That's how we do it here on Geek, so to speak. Thank you, Mr. Jetson. <laughs> that was what I wanted to say this whole time. Remember the Jetsons? Okay, anyways. It's time to move on to the meat of our podcast. With our main topic, we are going to review Marvel's Deadpool 2, even though it's not really Marvel. It's Fox's Marvel's Disney's <laughs> Deadpool 2. Time to... Ryan, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool 2. <laughs> yeah. You all know where it came from. I don't <laughs> to explain that to you guys. So uh, let's give a spoiler alert right at the top here. We are going to have a spoiler-filled discussion for Deadpool 2. So you know the rule. If you haven't seen it, stop listening and get back to us. Get back to us when you have. Or if you're just some sort of weirdo who wants to be spoiled about the movie before you've seen it, then it's cool, I guess. Yeah, like maybe maybe you like really enjoy spoilers. You like pinch your nipples every time somebody's about to like spoil something for you. <laughs> then then yeah, get get those nipples nice and hard right now so you can enjoy Deadpool two. Yeah, uh, my nipples, <laughs> my nipples are so hard. Tell me about Deadpool two. Oh goodness me! Uh, uh, I shouldn't have played with my nipples while I said that. Now they're all hard. That, that just uh, reminds me of Drax. I have sensitive nipples. <laughs> my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyways, uh, no more nipple talk. Let's talk DP. That yeah, let's talk Deadpool. Let's talk Deadpool, too. So, uh, yeah, we were we were treated with this movie. I saw it on Friday night, I think. Wonder Rob, you saw it on Saturday? Saturday, yes. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So, Wonder Rob, uh, this is the, the time of the episode that I think our entire fan base looks forward to. Mm-hmm. And this is when I challenge you to a word count spoilery synopsis. Uh, I'm going to give you 13 words for Deadpool. Okay. 13 words. All right, 13 words. Hold on, let me get ready. Look good, feel good. Look good, feel good. Okay, here we go. Deadpool 2, 13 words. They killed my girl. I guess this fire kid, all mentor, chimichangas. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. 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 Also cables in it. <laughs> oh yeah. And cable. <laughs> no, that, that was pretty solid. Pretty solid. Yeah. So to expand on Wonder Rob's uh, pretty solid Wonder uh, Wonder Word Count spoiler summary, um, the uh, the amazing anti-hero uh, Deadpool with a penchant for breaking the fourth wall. Uh, he kind of experiences a uh, really unfortunate thing happen. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. We would keep talking about Deadpool, but as the alarm so uh, effervescently sounds, <laughs> and yes, I used that word even though it makes no sense. It's time for another weird break. <laughs> Wrapped it together. She picked up a newspaper and started reading to herself Which I'm sure was a way of telling me When you're cold, I will warm you When you're shivering, I will hold you 
with an arc welder. Then I glance down at her shirt for a second in a way that clearly implied I like your boobs. Wow. Yeah, oh, that was yeah. that was a great choice. That, that was so probably, that's definitely one of my favorites from oh. that. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> hey, anyway. timer again. All right. So back to what we were talking about. Um, Deadpool, uh, uh, Wade, Wade Wilson. I was like, Wade, why? I don't know. Uh, Wade's uh, girlfriend gets totally killed within the first like 10 minutes of the movie. Yes, uh, I was not really expecting that, but I remember thinking at the end of Deadpool 1 when they got back together and they kissed on the hangar, like, oh, Deadpool's going to have a girlfriend now? And I was, I thought that that would be a story hindrance. Oh, okay. Forward. Um, and I think the writers thought that also because they killed her. <laughs> not for <laughs> long. I mean, at, by the end, she's back. But well, they got her out of the way. They sure did. And they definitely, that created an interesting story. Um, um, Morena Baccarin, I probably, probably butchered her last name, but uh, she was interviewed. She, she, she plays uh, Vanessa. And she was interviewed, and she was pretty bummed when she found out after reading the script. She was like, oh, man, I'm dead. Okay, so that sucks. But then she recognized that really, without her death, Deadpool 2 would not have happened the way it did at all. It might not even have occur occurred at all. Him meeting X-Force, everything, uh, you know, all of that stuff. So um, I, I have to say it was beneficial for the story. And to, to see, and we'll talk about this in a moment, but to see how they're able to retcon uh, that by the end was pretty fantastic. Um, overall impressions, what do you think, uh, uh, Wonder Rob? Do you think it was as good as Deadpool? Uh, original Deadpool or better than the first Deadpool? Um, what do you think? You know, I walked out of this movie and my immediate thought was, I'm not sure if I liked this better than Deadpool 1. Oh, okay. Now, don't get me wrong, I didn't dislike it. I certainly enjoyed myself, but to me it felt like Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh, okay. Meaning... The first Avengers was so great, and it was something I'd never seen before. And Avengers Age of Ultron, which is still a good movie, but the novelty of having seen something I've never seen before mm. was gone in Avengers Age of Ultron. And so if I felt the same way about Deadpool. It was something I'd never seen before and something I never thought they would ever do or make. And I was like, this is great. And then two years go by and they just gave me more, bigger and more. But the novelty of never having seen anything like it was gone. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a, I think that's a very fair assessment. Totally. So, while I still enjoyed it, I just don't know that I enjoyed it more than Deadpool 1. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I, I did enjoy it more, but that's only because I didn't come at it from that angle. But I, th mm -hmm. I think if I did... I would be right there with you completely. For me, I just kind of came at it from, this is a character I really enjoyed the first time. So I was looking for similar jokes or similar style. And I thought that they delivered on it and then some. And so I was like, oh my gosh, it's everything I wanted it to be and more. So that was, in my opinion, on par, if not better than Deadpool 2. So uh, 
So I was, I was very pleased. I, plus I have always enjoyed the character of Cable and mm-hmm. to see him, uh, to see him in that movie played by Josh Brolin. Um, and I think very well, it was really great to see Cable finally. Did you, you liked the, the portrayal of Cable in this movie? I didn't feel like it was enough. I didn't feel like he had enough screen time personally. Um, because they really glossed over an incredible amount of his backstory. Um, yeah, they they absolutely did. They didn't go <laughs> over any of his backstory other than, hey, uh, his family died. Like, did they even say he was a mutant? Well, my, yeah, my takeaway was that they hinted at his techno virus thing that he's got. Obviously, the metal that's, connected to him it's his arm but it's also extends into his chest and everything um the way that he sort of looked in the mirror when he like was noticing that stuff i I think that that was sort of like their uh the director's sort of like way of displaying that but i don't think it read very well yeah i will out in my uh thoughts after the movie because as as I am one to do, and I'm sure all our listeners out there are one to do, I go see a comic book movie, and then I go sit in the car in silence. <laughs> and think, <laughs> what did I just watch? Um, and I was thinking that Cable was kind of disappointing to me. Um, because he seemed very sort of one note, like, I'm Cable, and I'm from the future, and I'm going to kill this little kid, and now we're friends, and good movie, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I didn't think he was bad in any way, don't get me wrong, but it definitely felt more like remembering at the end of Deadpool one, at the very, the the very last stinger at the end when Deadpool says, we're going to have Cable. Oh, yeah. And he was like, Really pumping it up. And I'm like, oh, dang. It's going to be like straight man, Deadpool, wacky guy bouncing off of each other, you know, odd couple sort of relationship that I really liked in the comics. And it really didn't go that way. It was really more of the, and they even made jokes about this, like Terminator, John Connor, sort of, I am coming back in time to kill this kid. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. Um, and they didn't, and I just thought it was a weird portrayal because to me, it wasn't clear that he was a mutant. Uh, my fiance, who, uh, excuse me, my wife, <laughs> don't tell her I said that. Uh, it's only been a week, folks. Um, you, yeah, you, you get at least like a month of grace period on that. Yeah. Um, she's, of course, not familiar with uh, these movies like I am, but she she liked Deadpool, so she wanted to see the you know the next one, and she she didn't know he was a mutant. I asked her what she thought about his character, and you know she was just like, oh, he's okay, you know for a bad guy and but she didn't know that he was a mutant and that didn't really come across to her and so that's why i was curious if if you re- recall them ever mentioning that because I, no, <laughs> I don't yeah you're right and honestly his powers they definitely didn't portray but in the comics from what i read about cable he his his mutant powers are sort of preoccupied with keeping his technovirus at bay so he doesn't really get a chance to use his mutant abilities uh in like a way that you would see like his telepathic abilities that he's supposed Mm -hmm. to have that rival professor X. Like we don't see any of that in this movie whatsoever, but, um, but all we really see is that he has the ability to sort of 
get the gun to sort of like like propel back at him sort of like a magnetic link to the gun or something like that like that was the yeah. most that we saw for unique things other than he was agile um definitely strong uh and he had a shield he, he, that he could like manifest his force field and stuff that was pretty much it yeah like i said i didn't dislike it i just thought it was very sort of one note and yeah that's fair i think you're right on with that Moving forward, if we are lucky enough to get a Deadpool 3, uh, I think that could be a very interesting dynamic that they could do. Uh, but let me tell you who I did like. The Juggernaut! <laughs> Holy crap. Did you see that coming? Like, were you... Did you... Were you spoiled on that information? Um, I was spoiled on the Juggernaut uh, about an hour before I went and saw the movie. Fuck! <laughs> um... It was somebody on Twitter, some comedian, I forget his name, made made a, a comment about Deadpool 2 and the Juggernaut. And I was like, sweet spoiler, bro. Uh, uh, I don't remember what I said exactly. I said, still excited to see the movie. And he, this comedian replied back to me, it's in the trailer. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's not in the trailer. <laughs> or if I... Or if I... I missed it in the trailer? I don't know. But... On the other side of things, I only watch I for Deadpool. I only specifically watched the trailers once because I know that in these type of movies, the jokes aren't going to be as funny if I keep hearing them over and over again. So yeah. I just watched it the one time for each. So he he very well may have been in the trailer and I just didn't notice. But interestingly enough, I went back to this comedian's page today and I saw that that t- that tweet has been deleted. So, oh. so maybe other people called him out on spoiling it too because I had no idea the Juggernaut was going to be in this uh, up until about an hour before I saw it. I had a coworker spoil it for me days before. Oh man! Yeah, he said he kind of mentioned it more as like a rumor, but the fact that it was like days before, it's kind of like well, I I would say it's probably true. So, but I didn't. And I, I had assumed when they were talking about this big monster in like the Supermax prison area or whatever, that that was going to be Juggernaut. I had a feeling. But once I saw him, I was like, holy shit, he's fucking massive. That's so, right? They do it correctly. Like, that's the one thing about these Deadpool movies I'll give them real credit for is that they're doing characters correctly visually yeah <laughs> like uh colossus from the first one and this movie of course is a very accurate representation of how he looks in comics versus like skinny baby baby colossus that we saw in you know the, the x-men movies where you're like is what is this this guy um and the juggernaut was frigging huge compared to um the juggernaut that we saw in what was that x-men uh Last Stand. The name of Last Stand. Like that movie's so bad, I couldn't even remember what it was called. The only thing I liked about that movie is <clears throat> I'm the Juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> I actually was hoping that we'd get like a callback to that line in this. That the, of the lines that Juggernaut was going to say out loud, that one of them was going to be I'm the Juggernaut, bitch. At one point, it sounded like he was going to say that. I just remember like he said I'm the Juggernaut or something along those lines, but it never happened. Yeah. Um, but did I you know? Him, did like you know? Him. Did you know that was Ryan Reynolds playing that part? I just read that earlier today, actually, <laughs> that it was Ryan Reynolds, and I I certainly didn't pick up on it when when yeah. uh, the movie was playing. Uh, but the story that I read said he kept improvising 
the, the dialogue between him and the juggernaut and they're just, they just gave him the part and they're like, why don't you do it? He's <laughs> like, great. Is that two paychecks? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's or I, I mean, probably like four or five with all the other writing credits and everything else. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but I was, I really liked the, the interpretation of the juggernaut and how it's just like, they didn't hold back. Like, especially when the juggernaut grabbed Deadpool and just ripped him in half. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yes, that's what I really wanted to see if, you know, Wolverine ever fought the Hulk. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was I was very impressed with the Juggernaut in this movie. I liked it a lot. And um, I like that they hinted Juggernaut. I don't remember exactly the exact words that he said, but it was, uh, he got asked why he wears that helmet. And he's like, so my brother doesn't read my thoughts. Because <laughs> uh, he's, he's Professor Xavier's brother. Why does he have a different... Or half-brother. Yeah, I was going to say, because his name is Kane Marco, right? That's yeah, his... Okay. Half-brother. Half okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. But that's uh, that is so cool. Oh, and how about another huge surprise? Uh, this was a, an awesome Easter egg, an awesome cameo, or set of cameos. When they're in the uh, the X mansion, uh, Professor X's mansion, the school for gifted youngsters, and... Deadpool's like complaining about it. he's like where are the rest of the X-Men it's always just you Colossus and maybe like one other person like why is this place so fucking empty and then out of nowhere just like because he's making like a huge commotion freaking Beast and, <laughs> and Professor X and Mystique and like all the other X-Men first class uh, Days of Futures Pat yeah, Days of Future's Past characters are all in that room and they like close the door like he's making too much noise. Yeah. I, I saw Quicksilver. Yes, Quicksilver, that's right. And uh, I saw Professor X, but it wasn't... My eyes started on Quicksilver and moved, moved down the line, so I couldn't tell if it was McAvoy or Stuart. Uh, but I, it was like the scene was like ending right when I was noticing him. Um, but I, I thought it was funny that Quicksilver and Beast were the uh, <coughs> the younger versions <laughs> of the characters. Yeah, yeah, that was weird to me too. Yeah, Cyclops was in it too. Yeah, I was like, "What's?" I was like, "There's no, there's no continuity at all in these." <laughs> it was so. Uh, it was so funny though. And then, uh, so that was a huge surprise. So I loved that. Um, there was this one thing I wanted to get your take on it. So. Um, the house of like orphans that, uh, fire fist, which I think I didn't even know that character, by the way, fire fist. I had never heard of that character before I had to research him. Um, the rumors were that he was going to be playing kid apocalypse, which was like basically like a younger version or like a, a kid who had the genetic makeup of apocalypse or something like that. So he would like in the future become like a new apocalypse. I don't know. But anyways, um, the kid was living at this house and it was the Essex house. Mm -hmm. So do you think that if we see like a Deadpool three or an X force, do you think we're going to get Mr. Sinister? I mean, you can't have all this, these Essex references. I mean, they had it in, um, Oh, Oh, oh snap. What okay. time is it shop? It's time for 60 more seconds of weird. I try not to yawn, but when we're at parties, I don't talk about your spastic bladder. 
it off, but I quit in case you want a tiny little sip later. And if you cut the cheese, then maybe a wink and say the dog's to blame. And I make sure to call you baby every time I forget your name. What do you think? Was that, that was weird. That was weird. So weird. It certainly is. Whatever song that we just played just now was really weird. <laughs> We don't know because we put it in post. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. A little behind the scenes magic. Yeah, for you. that's how we. That's how we do. All so, right. What was so, I saying? You were saying. <laughs> you were just saying how you kept noticing Essex all over the yes. place, wondering if we were going to see Mister Sinister. Oh, I remember what that was from. It was in uh, Days of Futures Past. They. Uh... Oh no! I'm sorry. It was also in. Uh, Logan, I think, too, wasn't it? Uh, I can't recall. It's been a while since I've seen Logan, so that one might have flown under the radar for me. Oh, um, I, know. I know. I remember now. I remember now. Okay, so when when we see Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, but like the Weapon X Wolverine, mm-hmm. while he's over at that Alkali base mm-hmm. uh, in Days of Futures Past, the his blood samples are being collected and put into that suitcase and the suitcase had like the Essex mm. something or other okay. on the suitcase. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, I think yes. that might have been an, I think that might have been an end credit scene if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I, you know all of these hints. It's like plus we have Cable who is from the future. Uh, there's this whole dynamic of Cable. Obviously, he's a Summers. He's a mm. Summers, Nathan Summers. And uh, which means that he's part, he's uh, genetically related to um, Jean Grey, right? Isn't Jean Grey his mom? Uh, Yeah, Scott Summers and Jean Grey are his parents. Yeah. So, uh, and those two have a long and rich history with Mr. Sinister. So it's just like, it's begging, I want to see Mr. Sinister. In terms of like levels of X-Men characters I want to see on screen more than anything, Mm-hmm. Gambit. We got to have a better Gambit. Takes the top of the list. Second, second on that list for me is Mr. Sinister. I agree. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I don't think we're ever going to see Gambit. <laughs> I'm beyond the point of the, like, okay, this movie's just not happening. Anymore. <laughs> I'll be surprised if this happens, if this gets the green light and gets made before Disney steps in. Because uh, I don't think it's going to happen when Disney steps in. If it if it hasn't happened by then, um, a good Mister Sinister would be awesome. I remember for the longest time there were these rumors that Brian Cranston was going to be Mister Sinister. Yeah, uh, and uh, like, not I don't even remember which movie it was because it would be like uh, the Age of Apocalypse or whatever, uh, whatever that one was called. I didn't see it because it looked terrible, um, but. <laughs> It did. It looked bad. And then my, my suspicions were justified <laughs> for everything that I heard. Um, but it, it wouldn't have been that one. And then you've got this this uh, Dark Phoenix movie that they're coming out now. So I'm not sure that he would necessarily be a fit for a bad yeah. guy in that, in that one coming out. But I remember these rumors for a while that Brian Cranston was in talks. Um, and then Brian Cranston came out and said, nobody's asked me. <laughs> Brian Cranston, remember Breaking Bad? That was good. I was also on Seinfeld. Um, <laughs> Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> um, but I think I think Mr. Sinister would be an awesome villain 
but these X-Men movies just are just so downhill right now. And I'm so uninterested in X-Men aside from Deadpool that I just don't know that, that I would even want to see it because they, how they messed up apocalypse. Like what's going to stop them from messing up Mr. Sinister. That's a good point. That's a good point. So maybe it's better that we just keep them on the comic book pages. I don't know. Yeah. Until Disney takes over. And then when they reboot the whole X-Men series, then I'm cool with it. Now, okay, let's let's move on a little bit. How about so um, we know that the the X Men are are um, are a group that have been have not been portrayed properly, but we just got to see the first X Force team up. How about that first scene when they all go out on their first mission together? <laughs> Let me tell you, that was not how I was expecting everything to go, <laughs> especially. Since, like, all the ads that you see on, like, Instagram or Facebook or, like, before a YouTube video where it's, like, they're jumping out of the airplane and they're really hyping up that he's making X-Force. Like, that this is going to be a big part of the movie. And then X-Force lasts about two minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. Like, that was really funny. And especially Terry Crews. Now, Terry Crews, uh, one of my favorite comedic actors. Uh, he's hilarious on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Everything else I've seen him in, he's great. Uh, shout out to his role in White Chicks, the very first thing I've ever seen uh, of him way back when. Hilarious. But anyways, Terry Crews is push is pushing like Deadpool hard on his like Instagram and his social media feeds. <laughs> like, X-Force, this and that, let's go. <laughs> and put like posting pictures of his character and all that stuff. <laughs> dies immediately like i just that one might have been one of the fun the hardest times i laughed in the movie was when everybody was just dying you're like there's a strong there's a wind warning (laughs) everybody died so terry bedlam ends up face first into a bus right yeah and then uh my favorite of all of those is shatterstar Mm-hmm. Shatterstar flies right into helicopter blades and it like it's just like squirts like a different color blood because he's supposed to be like an alien <laughs> and like this pink hair is like getting like wrapped around the blades it's just like <laughs> hilarious and then of course there's Peter Peter was just a great character I love I love Peter yeah he got puked on <laughs> yeah, he lost his arm he basically <laughs> and died yeah <laughs> <sighs> and then Sarsgaard got uh, eaten by a wood chipper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we also got to see a, a brief, probably the quickest cameo in existence, played by one of the hardest actors to get for something like this, The Vanisher. Oh, yeah. The so- Vanisher <laughs> slams into the light, uh, the light poles and gets electrocuted, and in the brief electrocution moment, we find out that the Vanisher is played by none other than Brad Pitt. Yeah, that was funny. That's probably when uh, my wife, my wife, uh, Kim laughed the hardest. <laughs> oh no, I take it back. Uh, her, the thing she laughed the absolute hardest at was just a, a, a quick passing line when Deadpool called uh, Cable Thanos. <laughs> oh, okay she she thought okay. that was really like, funny Thanos. yeah she thought that was very funny <laughs> she just laughed very hard <laughs> oh but she laughed almost as hard at the brad pitt i loved it i love it that was such a fun 
moment. And then um, that, of course, leads into... So wh- who was your favorite of the X-Force characters then? I liked Peter. Yeah. <laughs> like, Peter was just fun. Uh, he had a sweet mustache. He was like Ron Swanson, but less, uh, less mean. <laughs> My favorite was Domino, for sure. I thought they did... Oh. Yeah, I thought we were just talking about the characters who died. <laughs> Anybody part of X-Force. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I definitely like Domino. Uh, me like she. <laughs> yes. Uh, she was great. She she brought a really unique angle to it. I, I like what she did with it. I'm looking forward to seeing more of her in future X-Force movies. It's going to be mm-hmm. exciting. Oh, yeah. I thought she did a, a very, very good job. What, what did she call her? Uh, he said uh, Black, Black Widow. <laughs> i thought that was funny uh, and i liked his nicknames for everybody he's like uh he said a uh, brown panther to dopinder <laughs> that was funny and when he cut he says i'm ba- i'm basic or give me a bow and arrow i'm basically hawkeye <laughs> like i thought that was pretty good <laughs> oh my god it was so good so good um so they had a few end credit scenes for this movie uh and Honestly, it kicked it off right away with this sort of retconning of the very technology that got Cable back to the past in the first place, which was fixing the device so that um, Cable could theoretically go back to the future and be with his family again. But Deadpool's like, oh, I think I need to use that first, if you don't mind. And uh, he takes it and he goes back and he saves Vanessa. Yes, and then he uh, goes back and <laughs> he goes back to X-Men's Origins Wolverine <laughs> and uh, in the quote climactic end quote battle uh, where Wolverine is about to fight, fight Baraka Pool as I like to call him uh, <laughs> the alternate version of Deadpool which is the absolute most harebrained who, whose idea was this Deadpool <laughs> ever um, Wade jumps in very quickly and shoots him in the head over and over and over and over, and over. <laughs> uh, which was very funny to me <laughs> and then if, as if that weren't enough then he goes back in time to uh, appear behind Ryan Reynolds who has just finished the Green Lantern script as if he's about to like say yes to the part and he shoots Ryan Reynolds in the back of the head. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was just dying. I was laughing so hard during all of those scenes. I could not believe I was like, you, you guys did it. You done did it. You done did it. And then you done did it again. Ah, so funny. It was very good. Uh, like I said, the jokes, everything was, was, very funny and I certainly enjoyed it. It was just that it was that novelty factor that was missing. Yeah. That still made me like Deadpool one better. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, and those little baby legs. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like when the baby leg scene, like that scene went on for so long. Uh it really did. <laughs> and especially like the uh the basic instinct. Uh oh like yes. Pop. I was I laughed very hard in the little baby wiener. <laughs> it's not what, did, did the audience in your in your uh, theater were they just gasping like out loud? Yeah, it was. There was a lot of commotion going on. Oh yeah, during that scene, and when he gets down on his feet and walks, and he just like 
big like big exaggerated strides in his movement because <laughs> like, he just has baby legs like it was just very funny um it was very good um and that death scene where deadpool sacrificed himself uh and is like he just doesn't die and he keeps coming back <laughs> over and over again I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. So one thing I did read today about Deadpool 2 is that they have an extended cut that is confirmed. So oh, yeah. Yeah, that's going to also be coming out. Um, now, whether or not that's going to be coming out into the theaters as like a separate release or if it'll get a special um, Blu-ray type, type release, there's some scenes that are going to be adapted as well as in a, a longer montage related to that that suicide scene that you were talking about. So that's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. So we'll get some of that. Um, it looks like there's definitely some deleted scenes we're going to focus on as well. Um, and we might even get one of the original end credit scenes that got cut from, oh. from that version. Did you hear about that? Is it the one where Deadpool goes back in time and kills baby Hitler? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they decided to cut that. That would have been hilarious. Little yeah, like, baby with a little mustache. Exactly what focus group was like, oh no. Killing a baby? <laughs> yeah, no killing a baby. <laughs> oh, I guess that's true. But uh, it's baby Hitler. <sighs> yeah, and uh, I read that there was also cut uh, jokes at Disney's expense <laughs> that they made him cut out uh, Disney Fox merchant jokes. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so... Although I don't know if this was really, if this was filmed at that time or if they were putting that in in post. Yeah, I mean, because technically you can put any joke in there because you don't see Ryan Reynolds' face. So you can just really make the joke whatever you want or as topical as you want in post, I would That's assume. That's a good point. But there, yeah, there was a story that Ryan Reynolds uh, said a couple weeks ago where they said uh, the, the Fox executives made him cut all the Fox Disney jokes. <laughs> well, and they also had those Frozen jokes, which basically about like how that one Barbara Streisand song, Papa, can you hear me? Like, it was like, <laughs> want to build a snowman? <laughs> <laughs> does anybody else not hear this? How does That's anybody? Funny. Yeah, so, so that was pretty rad. I loved it. I loved it. Um, so yeah, hope we have something more to look forward to with Deadpool 2. As far as Deadpool 3, Ryan Reynolds has said that it's unlikely, not, not that it's not going to happen, but it's a little unlikely. The more likely uh, choice to move the direction in is X-Force. Um, and then I think the directors were quoted as saying, uh, we're not sure if there's going to be a Deadpool 2, I'm sorry, a Deadpool 3, but we're definitely sure there will be a Deadpool 4. <laughs> i was like okay all right yeah i mean <laughs> by that time disney might be locked in with fox and so i'd be interested in seeing if and when that happens that they pull in deadpool into the mcu uh but keep it keep it ryan Reynolds, of course but you know a lot of in jokes uh-oh uh-oh uh-oh. It's time for more Weird Al Seconds of 60 Weirdness. <laughs> is that not what it is? I forget. It's It's been a long night, you guys. But here, enjoy your Weird Al moment. Try to avoid any Virgos or Leos with the Ebola virus. You are the true lord of the dance. No matter what those idiots at work say. The look on your face will be priceless when you find that 40 pound water. Watch 
All right. So enjoyed. So enjoyed. Much enjoyment. Yes. I'm yeah. sure you guys enjoyed it just as much as I have. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Wonder Rock. Mm-hmm. What you playing? Oh, it's time for what you playing? What you playing? What 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 you playing? We just made that up. Uh, <laughs> and I tried to I tried to play along with him. I tried to do like that thing that they do on SNL when um, Fred Armisen and and Kristen Wiig are, are like singing a song together, but they don't they haven't like arranged it together. Uh, <laughs> the unison. <laughs> I love Wonder that. Rock. Oh my gosh! So yeah, Wonder Rob, what are you playing right now? Well, uh, it's been a busy uh, couple of weeks with me. What with my wedding and uh, going to see Weird Al and the honeymoon and all that stuff. But in the tiny little cracks of free time that I've had in between all these things, I've been playing a little game on the PlayStation Four, the fourth iteration of the PlayStation, if you will. A little game called God of War. Oh, dear God. Now, God of War is a sequel to the uh, insanely popular God of War series. Uh, who would have thunk? Um, God of War 4, technically, but they're just calling it God of War. Um, God of War is a, a very... Not this God of War. Let's talk about the original God of War. God of Wars 1, 2, and 3. Very uh, hack and slash type game uh you know hack and slash of course meaning that you spend most of the time hacking and slashing it's like button mashing lots of combos that kind of stuff yeah it's sort of like top down ish sometimes view it's a very quick time event heavy meaning you're seeing these awesome grand things happening on the screen but it's really just press the right button at the right time and you make things happen so you're not really in the thick of it in the shit as some people would say um you're controlling it but not really um it was something that the game was praised for to start but then uh drew a lot of criticism by god of war 3 saying uh you know that this game is mostly a quick time fest and we're not really having a lot of fun playing the game Uh. uh so a lot of time went by and then they they I don't want to call it a reboot, but they definitely are taking the the series in a new direction. Uh, you are the god of war. Um, in the previous games, you know, your whole family died. That's all you got to really know. At, you don't really even have to play these other games. Uh, but at the beginning of this game, essentially, you're the god of war. You have a, a little son, and you had a wife who died, unfortunately. So the game starts with you lighting her corpse on fire. Uh, Burning her to ashes, as one does when your wife dies. <laughs> get ready, get ready, Kim. Uh, <laughs> and you are fulfilling your dead wife's final wish, taking her ashes to the top of the mountain and spreading them all over. Uh, but wouldn't you know it? All sorts of fucking shit happens from you trying to get from the bottom of the hill to the top. Um, the game is more of a third-person perspective, so over-the-shoulder type, and it's all single-cut, meaning the way, the way the game is presented cinematically is a lot like Birdman in the sense that you're not seeing any cuts at all, that you're pretty much eye on your character the entire time uh, with no cutaways, even with the cutscenes, which is it's pretty interesting, and you don't notice it after a while, uh, but I just, you certainly notice it at first. Um, but it's definitely more gameplay wise now 
not so much hack and slash, but more like linear story progression, sort of like Uncharted, if you're familiar with those games, or if you played like Last of Us, um, two great games uh, by Naughty Dog. Um, and it's just a lot of fun. Like it's, 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 I'm playing it on hard. Like that's a lot of times when I get new games, I usually play it on the, the hardest difficulty setting or if not the hardest, the second hardest, just cause it makes the game last a little longer. So I'm playing it on the hard mode, uh, but they have an even harder mode. And so the game's kicking my ass in some places. I'll tell you that, but you get this, <laughs> this badass axe and it works a lot like Thor's hammer. So like you throw it at enemies and it like sticks to them and the enemies freeze in ice. And then you call it back to your hand style. And then you just go in for it. Like it, it's a lot of, it's still sort of hack and slashy, but it's definitely not presented the same way. And I'm certainly enjoying it. I haven't beat it yet. I haven't beat it yet because I have I have a stupid job, stupid <laughs> responsibilities. But when I can have some free time, I'm certainly enjoying playing it. So the the game traded in the Greek mythology of the first three games for Norse mythology. Do you think that's why the hammer? type situation of like almost like Thor's hammer kind of thing exists. Like it's like an ax, but obviously we saw in infinity war, like Thor has an ax now and he can recall it just the same. Is that kind of what oh, they're calling for? Stormbreaker. Yes. Uh, it's very similar. Like I said, the, the way it functions gameplay wise is, is pretty much the same. Like I'll, I'll throw it off the edge of the mountain because I can't I'm like, get rid of this hammer, this hammer ax. And I'll go, you know, again, it's sort of like a very linear path, but, you know, I'll just go down the path and, you know, fight people with my bare hands just to see how long I can go without having to use the axe until I'm just, like, really about to die. And <laughs> I call it in and start fighting, and then I usually still die because I made the dumb decision to fight without the axe <laughs> the whole time. But it, it definitely feel it definitely has that Norse mythology feel. Now, this game also incorporates another dynamic, and that's a father-son dynamic, which is was not present in the other games, from what I understand, right? Yeah, I mean, I only played the first God of War. I didn't get around to two or three just because, I, I mean, I liked the first God of War, but I didn't love it, and so I didn't really feel like going into it. But the, yeah, the, it's definitely, it has, when I say, or when I said earlier, it's got sort of a Last of Us feel. Last of Us being... Uh, my favorite game on PlayStation 4 so far. Um, or it came out on PlayStation 3, but I played it on PlayStation 4. Until Spider-Man comes out later. Ooh, that's true. Um, it's very sort of an isolated story, Last of Us, between this uh, this guy and this girl he finds. And he's really just focusing on the relationship between the two. And so it's a lot of, uh, a lot of back and forth between the God of War and his and Kratos and his son. And my favorite part about it the whole time is every time uh, his son is is whining or is upset about something, Kratos just refers to him, boy, get over <laughs> here, boy. And I'm like, this game is like, they shouldn't call it God of War. They should call it Disappointed Father Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, great, I'll play this. So I'll be, I'll be ready for when I have a kid. I can't wait to call my, my son, boy. <laughs> boy bring me another diet coke <laughs> boy fetch me a big mac 
Boy, flush that toilet for me. Yes, boy. <laughs> Give me some of that ghost pepper sauce. Yes, but um, the like I said, it's a very isolated sort of experience rather than like a big grand experience. So even though it's still an over-the-shoulder the sort of hack-and-slash action game, it's not in the same vein as like The Legend of Zelda or like Kingdom Hearts or what have you, where it's a, a big open world for you to explore. You're, you're on that path and you're essentially going from point A to point B, progressing the story along, but it's definitely like a, a very tight, intimate story with you and your son. Interesting. Do you ever play as the son or as always as Kratos? Um, you sort of play as the son here and there at the beginning, but not like where you're taking over him per se. You're like, there's like a, a sequence at the beginning where you're teaching your son how to hunt. And so it's like sort of the camera sort of pans into his perspective and to, to shoot the arrow for the animals that you're hunting, you know, you'll set that up and essentially control it for him in that like tutorial moment. But it's not, at least not that I've run into yet whole sequences where I'm playing as the son. But I haven't beat it yet. So you never know. Yeah. Now I also read that um, your son, uh, I think his name is Atreus. Is that correct? I always want to call him Atreyu. Yeah, I want to as well. Yeah. Atreyu! <laughs> Atreyu! <laughs> uh, but he also like fires arrows at your enemies as well. Does he help out during combat? Or is he kind yeah. of like, is it kind of like he quote unquote helps out where it's really like he doesn't do any damage but it looks like he's doing damage. No, it's essentially when you're in battles, you can, you know, point your your cursor at particular enemies. You hit the square button and he'll he'll fire his arrows at people or to like help take out down enemies or distract them while you do things. I, uh, he's pretty much invincible. Like I've never really been concerned about his his life. <laughs> Probably just like with my son. Uh, when I have one. Uh, <laughs> you'll be fine. Yeah, uh, Shaft Thanos, uh, Wonder Rock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Spoiler: That's my son's name. Uh, Shaft Thanos, Wonder Rock. Anyways, yeah, he'll he'll act as sort of like a secondary weapon, almost where you sort of sick him on on whoever you're looking at, or you can tell him to wait or move forward with you, almost like a sort of squad setup stuff, even though it's not a squad, obviously it's just you and your boy, but like sort of like Rainbow Six style where you can, you know, set him in position um, to to take out certain people or to be a distraction. So it, it adds an interesting dynamic, um, but I wouldn't recommend putting too much time into where you want to place him when you're playing it on hard because <laughs> there's not a lot of time to think and you do a lot of resets. That's for sure. <laughs> well, it sounds fun. I definitely want to try and check it out. Yeah, I'm definitely enjoying it. It's one of those ones I kept reading all the good reviews and my, my, uh, my uh, video game buddies, uh, shout out to all my video game friends. <laughs> I have friends. Uh, kept <laughs> Kept talking about it. And I said, "All right, I'll give it a shot." And I, I'm certainly enjoying it. And it's tiding uh, tiding me over until Spider Man comes out or that Red Dead Redemption Two. Oh, speaking of Red Dead Redemption Two, uh, Wonder Rob introduced me to Red Dead Redemption, a game that I had never played uh, up until just this past month. Oh my uh, gosh! So I downloaded that on Xbox uh, on my Xbox One using like their backwards compatible store for uh, Xbox 360 games. And honestly, even though I know the graphics aren't what they could be, they're not that bad. Like, all things considered. They, no, not terrible, especially since you got the upscaled version. 
Yeah, exactly. It, it feels remastered, which is good. Um, I'm loving like the voice acting. Uh, I think it's top notch voice acting just across the board, all the supporting cast. Um, what I, it, I'm not that far along, so I, I don't have a whole full grasp of the story or exactly what the main character, but the main character's name is John Marston. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. No, but, you're right. You got uh, Marston. He previously was sort of a sort of a bad dude. He ran with a bad crowd and committed crimes and robberies and blah, blah, blah. Killed a bunch of people. And now, as far as in this story, it seems like he's trying to go straight. He's got a wife and um, he's trying to right some wrongs so that he can keep his family safe is kind of what I gather. And part of that includes this one dude who I guess was part of his former group and he needs to basically like get this guy to stop or basically kill this dude. So he ends up trying to get some help from people in the nearby cities. It's a really interesting story and you kind of slowly unfold this massive map for an Xbox 360 game. This game is freaking huge. Yeah, it was the biggest map Rockstar had put out until Grand Theft Auto V. Yeah, it, it like because you're traveling. Obviously, you're not traveling by car, so getting from one point to another definitely takes a while when you're on horseback. It and so it really allows you to take in the scenery. Whereas I remember with like Grand Theft Auto or whatever, you'd always be looking for the fastest way to move around. Sometimes that would be by plane, so you really wouldn't get a chance to enjoy what was happening right next to you or right on the floor. And this allows you to really experience uh, the the old West. And I'm watching Westworld right now, and so I love that dynamic. I feel like I'm in Westworld, like living out because because I'm like a person who has decided to go and be in Westworld and live out my my cowboy fantasies, and that's basically what I'm doing. So it's like a lot of fun. Like I'm doing uh, shootouts in the street, duels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was playing horseshoes the other day. Uh, I was helping round up this herd of cattle and I was breaking in some horses and I finally figured out how to use that red eye stuff. I didn't even know Uh, what that was. The, like the slow motion. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best part. And I didn't even realize it existed until like one scene. And I was like, I've had this this entire time. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm making this so much more difficult for myself. <laughs> Especially when you start figuring out how to do the crack shot part where you like, you can pinpoint where you want to shoot within the yeah. slow motion. Like, I love it. That's like my favorite part. Makes you feel like a superhero in the Old West. Like, I'm the exactly. fastest gunman. Bam, 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 bam. So I'm really, really excited. Um, I've been enjoying that a lot. Um, from what I understand about Red Dead... Oh, more weirdo. <laughs> This sounded like a good idea at the top of the show, but we're we're committed. If there's one thing you can say about us, since we commit to a bit. That's right. That's right. Time for more Weird Al. Time for more Weird Al. I woke up this morning. Then I went back to bed.
That was more weird ass. <laughs> so what I understand about Red Dead Redemption, Redemption 2 is that it's actually a prequel. Yes. Now, not getting too much into it because um, I don't want to ruin the game that you're playing right now. But the, the story um, is led to... Uh, trying to figure out how to word this without ruining any, ruining anything. I'll just put it very vaguely. It's it's uh it's alluding to things that happened in certain people's pasts and that's all you really need to know. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to keep playing Red Dead Redemption, but I'm I'm loving it so far. It's been a lot of fun. Um it took me a while to figure out <laughs> who was good and who was bad, and I think that's kind of partially how the game is designed because I I wanted to stop some crime happening in the town of Amar- Amarillo. Mm-hmm. And I did, I successfully stopped the crime, but then I thought these other guys who were nearby were a part of the crime who were also like part of the gang. Nope. Nope. They, they were, uh, they were marshals. <laughs> they were, mm-hmm. they were policemen uh, that I just went ahead and shot in the face and killed them. And then I was suddenly a wanted man, suddenly a wanted man <laughs> in Amarillo. And I was like, oh, shoot. I was like, this is kind of like Grand Theft Auto. I think I need to escape the, like, the circle zone that is, like, the wanted area. So I'm like, get back. I'm, I'm like, whistling for my horse and get back on horseback. And I'm like, like, trying to get away. And eventually the wanted level goes away. But then I'm like, I've got this bounty. I couldn't figure out how to pay off the freaking bounty. And then even after I figured out that it was just deducting it automatically, I still thought I had a bounty. So I was like trying to like play it real nice. Like everywhere I went, I was like, <laughs> I was like, please and thank you, sir. Please and thank you. Oh, yes. <laughs> Say hello to your mother for me. <laughs> Drinking tea with your pinky finger pointed yeah, out. Yeah. Uh, I'm John Marston. <laughs> I really feel like this game has consequences uh, to being... Uh, you know, either you're good or you're bad, or and you kind of create those those morality lines for yourself. And I feel like there's consequences, and I like that because it forces me to be the type of character that, which in in this story right now, I'm trying to be a hero as best I can. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to I'm trying to go straight. I'm trying to be uh, do things right, but you know, it's definitely there's these moral quandaries, these swamps of uh of situations to get into so it's fun i'm I'm really liking it Uh, my favorite thing about that game was the just the random events that would happen around um my favorite one that that i ran into was sort of similar to what you were talking about with the marshals like i saw i was going into a town i forget which one and i saw a carriage off the side of the road um, that it like busted down, a wheel fell off of it, and there's like a late a, a lady going like, "Help me, help me, my 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 wagon!" And so I got off my horse and approached her, and then like five or six armed guys came out from behind the wagon and were like, "Give us all your money!" <laughs> <laughs> like just went after me. I was like, "Oh what?" And like the lady ran away. She was like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> <laughs> like like that one. Uh, was fun and my favorite thing that I ever did in that game was uh you have to be a bad cowboy to do this um morally speaking uh or you can be a good cowboy <laughs> I guess it really doesn't matter you can you can lasso people while you're on your horse and so I would lasso people and I would dr- 
ride and ride dragging them behind my horse and find a train track and i'd be like right here <laughs> and, <laughs> and, on the train tracks and then watch the train and then i'd be wanted uh it was good times i will have to try that that sounds <laughs> that sounds pretty there, fantastic let me i'll just put it to you this way there's a lot of fun ways to mess around in red <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of fun ways way more than i even just mentioned those are just two big ones that pop up on top i have been pr- perfecting the lasso it's been fun yeah i dig it uh i'm looking forward to playing it some more um although i have switched gears and i'm also playing batman arkham city right now oh my goodness that one is arguably and objectively the best batman arkham game in my opinion so far, it's been great and challenging. Every time I play as Catwoman, I, some of her her move set, especially like the grappling and the climbing, it's mm-hmm. so different than Batman that it makes her much more vulnerable. And mm-hmm. so I've I've had to sort of reteach myself how to fight with her because you can't just go at it like Batman when you're Catwoman. You have to be different about your approach. She's far more stealthy than Batman ever has to be. And so that's been kind of interesting, the back and forth. I wasn't expecting the game to switch off like that, mm-hmm. but um, it's been cool. It was a little jarring. The way the, the game started, I felt like I was missing something. I felt like I had like somehow jumped ahead, but there was already this city that was on lockdown and Hugo Strange was already well established. But I was like, I don't remember Hugo in the last movie at all. I'm sorry, in the last, the original game, uh, Arkham Asylum. I don't remember him at all. So mm-hmm. I was kind of, I didn't quite understand like the, the story, but I felt like we were just, that was the nature of the game. The game just wanted to get you right into the middle of it and then sort of give you the backstory or the exposition as you went, I think is kind of how it's, it was designed. Yeah. Now, did you play Arkham Knight also? Yeah. So you played Arkham Knight, but you didn't play Arkham City. No, because Arkham City uh, came out on Xbox 360, and by that point, I think I had, I don't know, I didn't have an Xbox 360 at that point. For me. I think I sold it, yeah. But you did play Arkham Knight. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I still have it, actually, on Xbox One. Oh, okay. So you got spoiled for the end of Arkham City. Yes. Okay. Just curious. Just curious. But that's okay. Hey, no judgment. No judgment here, pal. You play <laughs> your games the way you want to play them. But it is nice to ha- to have uh, Joker back among the living for this game to sort oh. of e- experience him, uh, and he's really diabolical in this one too. Him and Harley, um, mm-hmm. like he was pretending he was dead briefly, and then like I I don't know. I, there was just so much going on, and uh, Penguin and Two Face and uh, Hugo Strange and who else did I see so far? Oh, um, Poison Ivy. Catwoman. There's just so many great characters. Yeah. Keep an are... eye out too. There's a lot of uh, small-time villains hidden around. Oh, I too. bumped into Calendar Man the other day. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's at the the bottom of the courthouse. If That's I right. Yeah, he was like reciting things, and he's like, "Come back to me on this day." I was like, "Well, what day?" <laughs> well, you know what he'll do is if um, if you set the the clock on your xbox to certain days like christmas valentine's day like major holidays he'll say specific things that will only be said on those days oh that's cool so it's like if you want to go through the trouble of resetting <laughs> the date on your thing every time i mean by all means um and uh, 
man, I just love that game. Like, it's definitely my favorite out of the Arkham series. Um, and I love Mark Hamill. He's like, he's just the best Joker. Like, he's he's so good at it. And his voice, he's like, <laughs> hiya, bats! <laughs> <laughs> he's just perfect. That was pretty solid. Yeah, no, um, I, I'm loving it so far. In fact, it's been kind of, uh, I've been drawn to that one more than Red Dead Redemption only because of the characters. You know, it's just iconic DC villains. The one thing DC has that doesn't necessarily trump Marvel, but they're neck and neck with, is they have interesting characters. They just don't know how to use them is the problem. Like, they have so many great characters. uh, And if they could only figure out how to do what Rocksteady does and make a a movie or a storyline or a narrative that is able to weave these characters together in such an intricate fashion, they would have hit after hit after hit in the box office, but they don't. That's true. Like I wish that in the DC extended universe, it would take pretty much, I'm just repeating what you said, essentially that they just took a page out of what Rocksteady did and just sort of did that sort of interpretation. Like, Listen, we know that these characters are silly. Like, yes, he's a man with green hair and all the, and all this. Yes, he's a yes, it's a guy who's made out of clay and can change the way he looks. Yes, he's a giant talking crocodile man. Like just going for it and not apologizing for it, like in the same way that these games did, like I think the movies would be great. Is Clayface in this game? Oh sure, I don't know. Oh, Clayface is one of my favorites. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, love I hope so. I mean, I didn't say anything. I didn't need to spoil anything. And I probably <laughs> didn't. So you're just fine. Um, no, I, I, I really like it. Uh, it's, the, it's my favorite in the Arkham series, Arkham City. And um, not to stray too much from what the subject is, what we're playing, but there's also these rumors out there that Rocksteady's getting ready to put out a Superman game in the same vein uh which could be good i mean they do have their work cut out for them every superman game uh has not been good (laughs) so but you never know i mean they've got a good track record so we'll have to see like nothing concrete has been released this is just rumors yeah i have heard those rumors too i i hope that they're true but at the same time it, it is very difficult because you can't give superman a health bar so you right. end up so like previous games have given Metropolis a health bar, and you have to constantly be like solving and and fixing you know crime or or stopping this or that just to keep the city from going to complete ruin, which is a little bit obnoxious. Uh, it reminds me a lot of did you ever play Ultimate Spider-Man? Uh, it was on I think it was on PS2 and might have been on Xbox 360 as well. Yeah. I definitely played it. So when you can play as Venom, mm-hmm. uh, Venom's and health sucking the people. Yeah. So yeah, Venom's health is constantly depleting unless you are sucking in people and getting their life force, and it is obnoxious. Like I loved playing as Venom, but I hated that I had to keep stopping just to grab people just so I could keep playing the game. Like I, I wanted to be able to stand still for a moment and just enjoy being venom but i couldn't like i had to constantly like be looking for some dude to suck off <laughs> i was I waiting there. for you to get there i like, went there i was like is he gonna say what i think he's about to say you know hey. i will 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> Don't oh, worry, man. I was sucking off women too. Geeks of Speak, gmail.com. <laughs> I'm glad you're saying that email address because that's not even accurate. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, the other game I'm not going to spend much of any time with, I just wanted to briefly mention I'm also playing or was playing. A friend of mine at work, a uh, big shout out to, uh, we'll call her Tiger. We'll call her Tiger. Um, she let me borrow. Uh, Donkey Kong uh, Country, uh, Tropical Freeze on the Switch. Okay. I got to play that, and that was a lot of fun. That was super freaking challenging. There were some levels took me – I felt like I was just, like, at it nonstop just to beat, like, one little section. It was just very, very complex movements, and they've added a lot of additional moves to the game. Mm -hmm. So there was – that ended up making a very, like, intricate – button mashing like to get things to work out for you so um i didn't love it but i didn't hate it either and the boss fights were fun so um so i I didn't get too far in it maybe like into the second world uh so i can't really speak too much on it but i will say that the aspect of adding funky kong into the mix was fun that was fun he's got the surfboard he's like riding on spikes and stuff so he he definitely makes the game a lot easier to play so i like it i like it so I think we have reached the point that I know that I've personally been waiting for. I'm really excited for this. Um, Wonder Rob, you you uh, found yourself some uh, Deadpool-themed uh, Funko boxes. Yes, our mini mystery unboxing series has led its way down the path to Deadpool. So I have in my hands two Deadpool mini mystery boxes. Now... These aren't the same as the other ones, uh, just as an example, like the Avengers Infinity War, where if I open it up, I might get a Thanos, I might get uh, a Hawkeye, even though he wasn't in the movie, or any various character. These are all Deadpool, but Deadpool in various little situations. As you can see, there's like Viking Deadpool, Mermaid Deadpool, Workout Deadpool, Panda Bear Deadpool, uh, Nurse (laughs) Deadpool, and so on and so on and so on. So, we're going to have a fun little mystery unboxing. So, what I'm doing is I'm holding up both of these boxes in my hand. I'm showing them to Shaf. My right hand and my left hand. Do you want the one in my right hand or do you want the one in my left hand? Uh, Here's what they sound like. I'm going to go left hand. He wants the one in my left hand. Okay, so we're going to start with Shaf first. So, I'm taking the bag out of the box it's a black bag i'm opening it up for shop right now i'm peeking in before he gets to see it and i think he is gonna be happy with what he got he has oh wait what oh oh. okay (laughs) well the timer waits for no man Time for another. This is uh, our final Weird Al, our 60 seconds of Weird. (laughs) All right, enjoy it. With automatic drive, a custom paint job too. I'll trade you for my old wheelbarrow and a slightly used sombrero. And I'll even throw in a stapler if you Craigslist! I'm on Craigslist! 
shared a quick glance Saturday at the mall I never took a chance Never approached you at all All right, thanks Al for that I appreciate it Extremely uh, inopportune moment <laughs> Like I was saying Shaw is the brand new owner of Dr. Deadpool. <laughs> now, it's Deadpool with uh, the, the little Dr. Mirror on his head, and he has an uh, he a has saw. a saw, a hand saw in his hand, and a heart in his other hand, Dude. and a surgeon's jacket with a stethoscope. So he's clearly been doing uh, something. <laughs> and that is Shaw's new Deadpool, uh, if and when I ever get around to remembering to mail it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's for you. Thanks, man. I have That's two fun. other things that belong to you right now, so eventually... That's, a, that's okay. I, I, I collected a few before I sent them your way, so it's all good. All right. So now I'm opening mine. I grab the bag. I'm sure you can hear it. Taking them out. Oh, my goodness gracious. So I am the proud owner of one... Dr. Deadpool. <laughs> oh, look, he's got the mirror thing on his head and a hand saw <laughs> and a heart in his hand and a surgeon's jacket and a stethoscope. Wow. The exact same one. <laughs> Do you get the significance of this? What is this? What is this? Okay. We acknowledge that we were both wearing white shirts. Oh, yes. For, for listeners at home, uh, we're both wearing white t-shirts while we record this. So we were white, white, white shirt twins. And then these Deadpool, we got the same ones, and they're currently wearing white shirts. This is, well, white jackets. <laughs> sure, but yeah, still, yeah, yeah. That's, I like it. I like it's it. Pretty well, much, it's pretty uh, much fate. I was going to say kismet, but fate. So. Well, they're currently they were currently kissing just a moment ago. There, you had them. <laughs> I, I'm making them 69 for everybody. Else. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right, and that has been mystery mini unboxing Deadpool edition. Fantastic, man! Thank you so much, Wonder Rob, for bringing those in for us. That's awesome. You're welcome. <laughs> also, a big thank you to our subscribers on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, you know who you are. We thank you so much. For, for for basically listening in and, and making sure to download our new episodes when they come out. Um, if you have not yet hit subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, please do so because you get the content first. As soon as we upload it on SoundCloud, it makes itself available for subscribers immediately on iTunes. But if you don't subscribe, it actually takes like three to four hours to make its way from SoundCloud to iTunes. And you don't want to miss out on that information. Nope. I mean, come on. So first timers, please subscribe um, and definitely also rate and review us on iTunes or SoundCloud, whatever you'd prefer. But iTunes is really where uh, we want our main focus to be. Uh, we will definitely give you shout outs in our next episode. If you do uh, review us, unfortunately uh, no new reviews to report, which is just makes us super sad. That's okay. They're but just taking their time to, to write an eloquent and thoughtful review. It takes time. That's true. That's true. They're probably, it's probably going to be like something really special the next one we get. I just know it. Yeah. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> 
So with social media, you can also find us, as Wonder Rob was mentioning earlier, on Twitter, Geek So To Speak PC, and then also our individual profiles are at I am the Schaff, I-A-M-T-H-E-S-H-O-F-F, uh, also Wonder Rob, W-O-N-D-E-R-R-O-B. Uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook, Geek So To Speak Podcast, all one word. Uh, and if you want to go to our website, you're more than welcome to, www.geeksotospeak.com. Uh, if you want to email us, if you have any questions, maybe you have some suggestions for the show, uh, you can email us at geeksotospeakpodcast at gmail.com. Ah, that's the email that I was misquoting <laughs> all the time. Definitely make sure to check out uh, The Rundown with Stu Jetson. Subscribe to that one too. Give it a rate, a review, a follow, the whole shebang. Let everyone else know what you're listening to so you can share the information. Wonder Rob, what do we have planned for our next episode? Oh, our next episode uh, will be going solo. Solo! I couldn't <laughs> think of a solo pun, so I'm sorry. But anyways, next episode we're reviewing Solo, a Star Wars story. This duet's going solo. Ooh. Or trio. Maybe <laughs> Actually, not. that's true. Yeah. So we have a we have a contest, contest winner. winner. Our raffle winner uh won a date with the Schaff. And uh so um so Daryl uh Daryl Wayne P. <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, probably. Hollywood Daryl uh won the contest, and so he's going to be joining me at theater to go see solo. And then we're going to try and get him back on the podcast to uh, be our special guest. So uh, we hope that you will tune in to that episode. Same geek time. Same geek channel. Have a great rest of the week. Bye. I love you. (laughs) I love you too. Wow, you're still here. (laughs) And the MCU has taught you well to wait around for the end credits. All right, so just like we promised, we were going to tell you about what happened at the Weird Al concert. So get this. We got backstage passes. We got to see Weird Al in person. We greeted him, we said hi to him, we shook his hand, we got to see how gray his hair is. It was amazing. And we had brought some memorabilia that we got to have signed. Wonder Rob brought uh, an action figure of, of uh, uh, I believe, the white and nerdy um, Weird Al. I could be mistaken on that. Um, and also we had Funko, uh, Funko Pops of Weird Al uh, with his accordion, which was pretty awesome. Uh, we showed up in uh, Hawaiian shirts. It was it was a lot of fun. Definitely, we posted some pictures on Instagram, so definitely check those out if you want to see what it was like for us to meet Weird Al in person. Thank you so much for being true blue, fellow geeks, and sticking around for the end credit stinger. Have yourself an awesome rest of the week, and we'll be back next time with Solo, a Star Wars story. Bye-bye.